Blog Talk Radio. Raw living is a state of mind, a way of being in alignment with your body. Raw living means you put yourself and your body first. Your host, Gita Sadu Rob, is the founder of Nosh Detox, located in the UK. They offer innovative raw food smoothies sold across Europe. You experience it in your skin, your body, and your mind. And now it's time for Living Raw Radio. So this is Living Raw Radio, and it's Gita Sidorov, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be with you today. I'm actually having a cup of tea with an amazing woman, and somebody I'm privileged to call a good friend, Susie Anthony. Susie's just one of these people that you run into in life, and then nothing's quite ever the same again afterwards. So I wanted to have her around. We've got tea and biscuits here. We're having a chat. And I want to ask her about the why and what she does and how she does, because it's so interesting. And I think you're going to find it interesting, too. So when you talk to Susie, as by way of an introduction, she doesn't call herself an expert. She calls herself all sorts of different things. She's a multi-modality energy master. She's a teacher. She's a practitioner. She facilitates transformational change. She's an award-winning author. She's a mentor. All of which really means that Susie helps you to transform, she helps you to find a higher purpose, revitalize, design, and to create a really interesting life. So the kinds of people that Susie has as clients, other than myself, because I actually am a client of Susie's, I think she's a fantastic healer and that's why we're here today, is just all sorts of amazing people. The Sunday Times named her one of the top three healers in Europe. Um, stuff that she's written, which we're going to hear more about, is being serialized in magazines. She's done vice presidents, head of billion dollar corporations, heads of government, and absolutely your nice, straightforward person next door. Naturally, she's gotten an enormous amount of publicity out of this. So it's lovely when you actually rock up and meet this calming presence that is Susie. Hello, Susie. Welcome. Hi, Gita, and thank you for having me. And I, I just want to reassure listeners that I wasn't always Wonder Woman, <laughs> I wasn't always this calm or magical, but it's something I've learned and it's something that I get immense joy from helping others to tap into that too. We're, we're all very special, we just forgot. Yeah, I think so. I, I think we do actually forget that. Now what I want to do is I want to start a little bit further back. Can we talk about how you got here first? Because... From the notes that I have here, in 1992, you had a series of near-death experiences, and you were working in the corporate world for an amazing Japanese businessman, Takahashi Harunori, and did I pronounce that right? Yes, you oh, did. Good. Well done. Yay. <laughs> and you were doing this, the whole corporate world, the overwork, the undersleep, the over-travel, the everything. So talk to me about that. How did that happen? What were you doing there, and why did you leave actually well it starts at age 12 my father was a gambling addict and uh, we lost everything and so I made a promise to myself that I would amass as much money um, in my own way without marrying it although there's nothing wrong with that but (laughs) I wanted my own money and lots of it and so I set course did a business degree did a secretarial degree, diploma, and then decided I wished to work for the most powerful, influential, and interesting people on earth. (coughs) So I started off 
in South Africa with Tiny Roland, mm. uh, one of the most maverick, colourful go-getters. Oh, the most amazing man. I mean, yeah. he changed a lot of history. He did. He did. I think he was called um, the unacceptable face of capitalism. But, my God, it got much worse after him. He now looks like a shining angel. Yeah, no, because I grew up in, I grew up in Africa, in Malawi, and so Tiny Roland was a huge presence with Lonro. Yeah. And did a lot of good. Oh, so much good. So yeah. much good. I'd never perceived him as a bad man. I thought he was no. very ruthless, but he did good on his way, as opposed to yeah. ruthless and cutting and burning on your way. Totally. And I, that's where I did my sort of kindergarten foundation step. Wow. And I then left and went to Japan, where I worked for the fifth richest man on earth, um, Harunori Takahashi. Yes, you got it right. And... 25 years ago, he was worth 30 billion. That was his net asset worth. So, wow. if you think today we look at Donald Trump, who was worth 3 billion, and we think, oh wow, he's really rich. Takahashi was off the scale, and a samurai, he could trace his samurai lineage, lineage back to 900 current era. And again, I learned a lot in terms of Japanese culture mm. and business. But at that point, I'd, I'd been working in these glorified um, arenas of business battle, and I was kind of burning out. I was mid-30s, and I, my life, this quest to have masses of money, once I'd achieved it, it became meaningless. It didn't actually make me feel safe, and I had all kinds of high-class problems. And it seemed the more money I had, the more I spent. Yeah. Leo. So my body was reacting to a massive change, which was a call to what Joseph Campbell, one of my mentors, calls the extraordinary world. Mm -hmm. The ordinary world is do, have, consume, distract. It's materialism. And the extraordinary world is a world where we learn magical things. We learn how to live magically. So, so did you get sick, actually? I did. Mm. I developed ME, which was Ooh. my body telling me, stop. But this fierce leonine pride wouldn't allow me to stop. And somebody suggested I take cocaine, and they assured me it wasn't addictive, and it was only a problem if you couldn't afford it. And I could, and I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, so I launched myself into... Uh, cocaine for medicinal use, the energy came back, but after six months, it was, it had taken over my life, and I was a fully, a full-blown addict to this white powder. While still working. I mean, yeah. I, I find that quite shocking, that to, 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 because you're, you're actually a fully functioning addict. You're going yeah. to work, you're doing what you're meant to do, and yeah. you're doing it with, with, wow. I managed, but... After six months, I realized I needed help and that I couldn't get the help I needed whilst I was still working. So I resigned. I went back to South Africa and in an effort to find medical support and assistance and not finding it actually 23 years ago, I then relapsed back into the drug and it seemed everybody at the top of the, you know, jet-set lifestyle 
uh, circles, they were all using. And so I thought, well, it can't be that bad, and I'd calmed down a bit. And then six months later, my youth was back to actually a thousand pounds a day. Whoa. Um, massive. And I went through a 72 day binge at that level. Hang on, 72 days? Sorry, let's be sick about this. 30 is one month, 60 is two months. So you did two months and 12 days non stop. Were you working? No. You can't at that level. No. I wasn't going out. I was just using, 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 uh, all the time keeping my property looking beautiful, keeping myself looking beautiful. So nobody could really guess the hell I was in. Um, but on Good Friday 1992, I took my last line. I went into total brain seizure, collapsed, shot out of my body, much to my surprise, looked down. Um, it was dark blue, not moving, dead. And then I shot through this dark tunnel and into a huge sapphire blue light. And a voice started to reassure me that, yes, I was dead, but I... I would be going back because it wasn't my time hmm. and that this was all part of my birth contract. I'd chosen to work with drugs, blow open higher chakras, get into uh, higher levels of consciousness that aren't normally available to the masses. And I went through a life review and found myself back in my body. And a lot of people have poo-pooed this and said, well, you know, maybe it was a drug hallucination. But the next thing, I was given a telephone number to ring. I just picked up the phone, dialed the number, and it was midnight on Good Friday, and the woman who answered the phone said, hello, and I said hello, and she said hello, and then I plucked up the courage to say, could you tell me who you are? And she said, well, you're calling me. It's the next directory number. And then there was silence because I thought, well, how do I tell her what I've been through and I've been guided to call her? And I felt complete trust. And suddenly her voice said, is that Susie Anthony? And it turned out she was a friend of mine that I'd lost touch with. She left Johannesburg to go to L.A., became a film producer, dated Madonna and... I went to Japan and worked for Takahashi, and we'd had similar experiences, and she'd come back to South Africa with a baby, oh, wow. with a recluse, ex-directory, nobody knew she was there, and when I did pluck up the courage a minute later on the phone to say why I was calling, she just got it, and to be honest, my life from that moment onwards, I was always guided to the right people, places, and things, and people who recognized my raw awakening state and who could teach me and help me and support me. Yeah, because when you when you don't try so hard, you are guided, aren't you? Yeah. A lot of the time, it's, it's our, well, if you aren't guided, it's because our own noise in the head is getting in the way. So, okay, so you've been, you, you've done the experience, you've worked out you don't do that anymore, you've been given support to, to sorry, I'm reducing it to, but, but, it doesn't take away from the experience. It's just that you've now come, you, you're there and somebody's holding your hand and you feel guided. Now, you then start 
working with a, the spiritual leader of the Zulu tribe, which was called Dr. Credo Mutwa. Yep. How did that happen? Because we're now already in South Africa anyway. Yeah. Again. You can't a, make this stuff a up. Huge thing of synchronicities. <laughs> I mean, if you read Jung, he talks about following the synchronicities. Oh, because I believe that totally. And when your heart's open, there's no other way to move through life. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of a place, you go there. You think of a person, they call you. It's quite incredible. So, I had a dream where I was told to sell my apartment and that I'd be buying a healing farm. Wherever I went, and I didn't go to many places because I was immersed in studying books, but wherever I went, people said, you need to go talk to Dr. Credo Mutua. This happened for six months. And on the day I was selling my home and signing the conveyancing papers, a little old lady in the reception area of the law practice, she said, you're the one. My friend is selling a healing farm, and you're the woman we've been waiting for. And when I I said, right, I'm going to the farm now. So 35 kilometers out of Johannesburg on the way to Sun City in the Michalisburg, um, there was this farm. And I took it on, and the owner who was selling said to me, you have to work with Credo Mutua. So I then thought, okay, I'll do it. How old were you at this time? 36. I mean, it, it, just for people that don't know, to be in a farm in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of South Africa, it's like a big bloody deal, because you're literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So at 36, to commit yourself to going from this sort of urban lifestyle to being in the middle of nowhere, that's a huge jump. I mean, we're not talking, there's no like lamps on the street, there's no, no roads, there's no, I mean, no. Well, there's a road going to where you're going, but there's it's not like there's anything else out yeah. there. And then you turn off the lights. I grew up like this, I know this. You turn off the lights and it's dark. It's black. Very dark. Inky black. And deadly snakes, scorpions. Yeah, completely. Monsters, scary monsters. But it was incredible. I mean, when I got there, the thing that made me feel safe was the the driveway was eight kilometers of dirt track that Mm. you needed a four by four. So you could only really access it by helicopter or, or... four by four, so I I felt some safety in that. But um, having been told, find Credo Mutua, then I thought, well, how do I do that? I called around and people said, well, you know, you'd probably have better luck getting an interview with the president of the USA. He's so busy, he's a recluse, he's in hiding, up in the massacring. Uh, in Botswana, where there's a military coup occurring. And so I just thought, well, it'll happen. I know it will. I'll be guided. And two days later, somebody called and said, you come to this gathering. It's really interesting. And it's about, you know, ethnic, uh, tribal stories and blah, blah, blah. So I thought, go. I'll go. Walked into the room, and I just looked around. And by then, I was seeing sort of shimmering light around people and I'd know that's the person I must connect with. Yeah. I hadn't read the Celestine Prophecy at that point, but I was living it. Yeah, exactly. So I got chatting to this woman and I said, what do you do? And she said, I actually handle the diary of Dr. Credo Mutua. And he said, of course you do. <laughs> and I said, God, I've been guided to see him. And she said, well, you and a million others. He's working with Elizabeth Taylor and Val Kilmer and... I just thought, wow. And I said, well, would you ask him if he'd see me? And she said, oh, 
you know, six months' time maybe. And I gave her my details. And the next day the phone rang and she said, yep, he'll see you tomorrow. So I got into my Italian sports car, drove through a war zone, ended up at his mud hut. But from, yeah, because from you to Botswana, that was quite a drive. Yeah, five hours yeah, to Mafeking and then inland. And inland, that's not an easy, like, let's pop down the road to, to no. London type thing. And the funny thing was he was leaning on the wall of his, his mud hut when I got there and he said, you are late. <laughs> and I said, well, only ten minutes. No, he said, I have been calling you for six months yeah. to That's teach a you. good accent. I like that. It's very accurate. <laughs> him. And so that began our relationship. And kind of like a Reiki attunement, he gave me a shamanic attunement to past life wisdoms, stuff that I'd already learned but had forgotten. Yeah. And it just all opened up and gradually began to trickle into me that I could heal, that I knew about plants, that I knew about frequency, and the... And that it all makes sense. It all made such sense. Yeah. So, how long did that take then, that process? How long were you with him? I was with him uh, intermittently um, for two years. And then and he gave me a, an African name, Bonisewe, mm -hmm. which means she who has been shown. So that was my graduation. And then in 94, I came back to the UK. And, and Joseph Campbell, how did that happen? <coughs> when I got back to the UK, I first discovered Reiki and Joseph Campbell all in the same week. So well, what a week. it was pretty mind-blown because Campbell showed me the first map to awakening, to understand that we're all here to become our best, mm -hmm. but most of us don't know how or where to look. And we, we misinterpret the call from the ordinary world to enter the extraordinary world, which normally comes as loss or suffering or pain or lack, or some kind of constraint. And we m normally misinterpret that and think it's bad, but actually it's always opportunity disguised as loss. I was going to say, isn't it that we feel that constriction and loss and pain because we're resisting changing? Yeah, absolutely. Right. But what I learned from Campbell is that he had researched over a thousand different tribal and spiritual traditions and ancient myths and legends, Native American Indian, uh, the shamanic path, the Maoris, cannibals, everything, Sufism, Buddhism. And he found that the journey was always the same. The stages of the journey to wake up were always the same. The work to do, the pitfalls, the challenges, always the same. And actually... So it was like a well-lit path. Yeah. Yeah. And... For the first time, I felt I was driving the car of my life and I had a map, and that was fantastic. And I wasn't nuts that actually this is something we're all here to do. And he wrote, because he's, he's, what did he write? I'm trying to remember. A hero with a thousand faces. That's right. I was just about to think, where yeah. else? <laughs> Let me go and find, yes, okay. So, how did you go then in this in this sort of journey? So you've now 
you met Credo Motua, you've kind of had your inner light switched on, you've gone to Joseph Campbell, he's provided focus and direction, and so how do you then start becoming one of the top three healers in the world? I mean, you know, that's what, what, how does that journey, because it's not an easy, and I say this as somebody who has absolutely been a healer my whole life, it's not something that you comfortably stand up and go, this is what I do, I'm a healer, that's my calling. There are many healers that don't mm. do that. They use it in different ways because there's an inherent ancient fear in us to stand up and go, I'm a healer. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, you know, the Marianne Williamson quote that Mandela used in his freedom speech. Yeah. It's not our... Our greatest fear is not that we are... Um, it's not our thought. darkness that we fear. Yeah, it's, it's the our light, light within us that we fear, and yeah. She recommends our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our fear yeah. is is that we are special beyond measure. Yeah. Yes. And actually, that's that's what heals the human condition when you begin to stop fearing your power um, and your wisdom, your love, your capacity to love. Yeah. It's quite astonishing. Magic can happen, and living magically, there's no better way. So it's, uh, you know, and actually 25 years ago when this all began to happen to me, there was not a huge New Age movement or self-help movement. In fact, the first self-help guru was Dr. Jerry Jampolsky, who wrote a fabulous book called Love is Letting Go of Fear. And these days I work with his son, Dr. Lee Jampolsky, Mm. and he's one of the biggest fans of my work and how I've synthesized wisdom from ancient myths and legends with combined with modern psychological breakdown to break through success principles and actually even Western and Eastern business success principles to help people to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. There is a way. So it's been fascinating how, you know, again, picking up that Jampolsky book, then reading the son's book, and now I work with them. It's funny, though, because the books, it is, you do find that. I remember Neil Donald Walsh, The Conversations with God. I was, I bought the book ages before, and I looked at it, and I was sitting in my study one day, very, very pregnant, looking for something to read, and with my youngest daughter, and it kind of fell off and hit me in the head almost. Yeah. I thought, oh, and then ended up reading it, and then devoured every single book yeah. I could find off on Amazing. that journey. Amazing. It really, guy. really. Um, now you've turned into a healer. You, you, you have this amazing effect on people, and I need to know Al Gore. Okay. Really? Well, <laughs> I um, Who, by the way, has enormous and incredible depth and much yeah. more than you'd imagine, but oh. still, how, how on earth? Well, actually, I saw him when he was elected into office, and I thought, my God, he's very good looking. Yeah. And I can remember it. it. It left a mark on me. And then when he was robbed of the presidency and began to pursue his passion... Um, climate changes. Mm-hmm. I've seen that he made that film. Which the is inconvenient truth. Yeah. Um, I just became. We all need a hero. We need a role model that we can look 
up to and say, wow, look, he and did then, it. And a lot of people lose presidencies and become morons. It's yeah. not like they do amazing yeah, stuff Yeah, they lick it. their wounds or they become revengeful or bitter. He actually pursued his passion, and I think the world's a lot better for it. Um, we're being educated. And I kind of call my work the inconvenient truth of waking up, the work that we have to do to wake up, because mm -hmm. we do have to step off the treadmill of do have, consume, distract, and begin to find core self-love. And that takes time, because most of us have been wounded in childhood, whether we know it or not. Well, so it, it, because there's so many layers. Yeah. So if you can find a fast way through the layers, yeah. then it just takes less time. But yeah. there's a lot of layers. Isn't Campbell said, all you need is a map and a teacher. So I was astonished when I met Campbell because I'd been working with uh, my own alchemical ancient Gnostic map from bondage to freedom. And it's a path of self-realization. And... Actually, when I heard him say, all you need is a map of a teacher, I thought, well, I've got the map. And at that time, nobody was had put together everything under one roof yeah. in terms of here's how you wake up, here's how you stay awake, here's how you deal with pain, um, and here is how you deal in right relationship with love, wisdom, and power. Because once you begin to open the chakra system and, you know, detox, take out all the toxic, negative, self-limiting uh, thoughts, perceptions, false beliefs. Um, we're purifying so that spirit, best self, our superhero, come in. Well, I'm, it's very interesting because we do physical detoxes and you do mental detoxes, but yeah. any detox, even just a step towards it, makes the biggest change in your life. And are you saying that that's because it enables us to get rid of all this toxicity that we're carrying around? Yeah. Because, because I see when physically people give up um, toxic stuff, then I can see the change in them. Scientifically, and I, I approach from, you know, angels and masters, and also quantum physics, quantum mm. mechanics. Scientifically, the human energy system, from the head up, uh, has a frequency of 120 if it's healthy, from the neck down, 78. And disease sets in colds and things around about 68, um, cancers around about 58, death at 40. Mm. And when you consider that a toxic thought feels heavy, if we're sad and depressed, we feel heavy. And, and also constricted, because it's yeah. very hard to look joyful and happy crouched. Yeah. Physically. If you physically crouch and you yeah. sit there and you think, oh, I'm happy, it doesn't work. You always yeah. want to spread and expand yourself to yeah. be happy, don't you? And that's a higher frequency yeah. and can be measured. Yes, they um, have, because their measurements, like joy was at, is, is at 400 or something, isn't it? Yeah. There are different measurements for joy, love, happiness. Totally. And also, the tools that I use for healing... Um, high therapeutic grade essential oils. Rose has a frequency of 382. Does it? How interesting. I Imagine would wear a rose that. perfume. Yeah. I work with tuning forks um, combined with the healing essential oils. The tuning forks. Uh, high Jupiter has frequency of 400. 400 plus. Hmm. I mean, so if somebody is 
constrained and bent over and holding on to pain, you apply the fork, the oil, and then the Reiki and the healing intention that it's okay to open up and let go. Let go. Huge unwind begins, what mm. chiropractors call an energetic unwind. And the release is facilitated, precipitated. And, and I think the interesting thing about stuff like this is that a lot of this bypasses the conscious mind. Because so much of the time, yeah. and I see it a lot with my clients, the conscious mind tries to keep you where you are. Not yeah. because it's bad, but because it knows it. It yeah. feels safe and it thinks it's helping you and it controls you. Whereas... When you go into healing, moda- healing moda- modalities, and like I studied sound healing and light healing and mm. all that, what I loved about it is that it went to the unconscious mind. Yeah. And you help people without them being needing to fight and understand yeah. it. And actually the journey of self-realization is really an alchemical marriage. It's the marriage of conscious, unconscious, and superconscious yeah. minds. And... Being brave enough to dive into the unconscious and see what's in there. What is it you fear? What are your inner demons? We all have them. Well, and also that's with, with so in my language, that's going through the brainwaves. You go out of beta yeah. and you go into alpha, alpha, which is where you create pictures. Yeah. Then you go into theta, which is where you have the subconscious waves, where yeah. we store all our beliefs. And then if you actually get past that, you go into gamma, which is the yeah. superconscious and the connection to spirituality. Yeah. And I constantly i have a very very hot energy <laughs> constantly because i'm constantly in gamma yeah it's true uh, apart from when i'm asleep when i'm in delta but and occasionally i go into busy beta brainwaves but that's how i get things done yeah so i have to write books. they all have their space and their place yeah, they do they? they do and it's just learning to balance that and it's you know this none of this stuff is new it's all no. ancient mm. and as um as I went through my own learning curve, I avoided channels and channeled information. I now... Why? Because I didn't trust it. Because um, it wasn't your channel. It wasn't my channel. Mm. And I, I teach and, and, well, I don't teach, I suggest and advise people, you know, find your own way Voice. of knowing. Don't mm. just believe me because I'm telling you. Find out. Do the research. But I, I and also, then can I, so is this a good time, can I just point out that in fact you can feel, see or hear guidance, can't you? You can be clairsentient where you yeah. hear it, claircognizant where you know it, clairaudient where you hear it. Yeah. And what's the last one? Clairvoyant where you see it, isn't yeah. it? So we do, all of us have that. There's nothing special yeah. about one person having it and another yeah. doesn't. It's whether or not it's the muscle that you've used to exactly. develop it, to trust it. And actually when the heart chakra truly begins to open, front and back, you can feel everything. And that's a major initiation because you don't just feel the love, lovely, dovey, fluffy, blissful uh, energies. You feel everything. Right. And at a higher level where the heart chakra, um, your personal love center, giving and receiving of love center, merges with the high heart around the thymus area. And you're moving from what Campbell called me-think, selfish Mm. ways of living and loving, to becoming selfless, we-think. And always considering, is this for the greater good? 
how will I this suppose benefit it's, the other? It's dic- leading by dictating or leading by inspiring, isn't it? Yeah. As well. mm, and leading by example. So talk to me about the superhero code. I'm really interested in that. What, well, tell me what it is first. That's where the Al Gore thing came in because I wrote my first book, an award-winning book, um, called A Map to God, which is really a map to love. It's the first four alchemical levels. And book two will contain the last three. Um, and when I met, I chanced to meet Al Gore, and we talked for about 40 minutes uh, about a map to God. And he said, you know, we need to get, in order for this consciousness that you embody, that you write about, he said, we need to get it to the masses. And he said, I think the God word and even the word spirit has been, it has a stigma and people Mm. avoid that and think, oh God, not that again. So he said, think of a new word. So we talked at great length and as he was leaving, he said, you know, we need another hero generation, Susie. And he said, I'd like to think there'll be people like you out there showing people how to be a hero. Not because you've read it in a book, but because you're living it. Yeah. And as soon as I said, that's the word, that's the word. And at that point, 2007, uh, there was a rumbling behind the scenes of um, reviving all the DC comic and Marvel comic superhero Mm, characters. I loved them when I was younger. And they contained great wisdom. You know, Spider-Man, when he... Um, assume such great power his uncle Peter Parker says to him you know great power comes great responsibility completely and I just thought wow this is the way in so I developed I simplify the ancient alchemical path I evolved Campbell's work humbly can I suggest I evolved the hero's journey to create the superhero code so and superhero code is it's 12 stages of evolution. So it's a path of self-realization, describing all the stages, all the challenges, pitfalls, work to do, and suggesting all kinds of teachers and methodologies to suit the person. And I've amassed some of the greatest visionaries, futurists, thinkers to come on uh, my website and in film to let me take them through the 12 levels of the code and tell their life story. And the response to people saying yes to this has been astonishing. So what happens when people go through the 12 steps? Well, basically, they shed the skins of the past, they dive into the great unconscious, find out where they've been wounded, begin to detox all the mental and emotional poisons, toxic thoughts and feelings, toxic beliefs, walls they've built around themselves to prevent joy or abundance or peace, and find their passion. That's the most important thing. So many people do a job to pay the bills and they say, well, you know what, when I'm old, I'll retire and then I'll do what I love. But by then, it's normally too late or they're too sick or they're dead. Yeah. 
So we've denied um, the adventure. So it's finding out what is the adventure, what's part of the puzzle piece. We're not all healers, we're not all writers. We all have different ways of connecting to our superheroes. And I think self. also the thing with that is that we all are so necessary. I think that's something that I find people find so difficult to understand, especially younger people, because it is not an accident that we all have a unique fingerprint. You know, it's just not an accident. So when you can say to somebody, you each have your own unique fingerprint because you have your own unique stamp, your own message, your own something that everybody has to bring. Yeah. You just have to find a way to get very clear to it. It's like cutting down the brambles on a path to get to the door. You yeah. Know? And, you know, George Lucas was the most famous student of Joseph Campbell, and he wrote the Star Wars original trilogy based on the hero's journey. And the greatest hero was Darth Vader, mm. who was the greatest ever Jedi warrior who could out I never knew everyone. That. Yeah. And then got bored with being the best, fell to the dark side and explored power over others, explored his destructive side, um, craved money and status and then through the love of his and for his estranged son, Luke Skywalker, he came back into the light at the end. And that actually is the hero's journey, which is we're born in light, we fall into the mud, we clean ourselves off, and then merge back into the light. I'm going to go watch Star Wars again. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought of it when like that. When you watch it... I will. ...with the consciousness of it's this journey, it's the journey we all take, it's just... So thrilling. It's How interesting it. is that? Yeah. But you've had some very famous people go through with a superhero code, haven't you? I have. Um, Dr. Robert Thurman is one. You've all heard of his mega famous daughter, so Uma, Uma Thurman's father. Mm. Yeah, he's. Uh, he was married to a Texas oil uh, heiress, uh, the Schlumberger family, and had billions in the 60s and one day he decided that having knocked out his eye in an accident on the road that what was he not seeing clearly and he thought well I'm just bored and there must be more to life than this so he went to India and Tibet to search for the meaning of life and one day he met a guy on the mountain they got chatting and this guy seemed to have answers and at the end of the day Robert Sermon said to him, well, he said, I, could we do this again? And he said, I don't even know your name or what you do. And one of my friends said, was he the mechanic he should have called to fix his car so he, he wouldn't have lost his eye in the accident? And I said, no, it was the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama said to him what Credo said to me, I've been waiting for you. Wow. You're the person that will take my teachings to the Western world. And actually in the preceding 30-odd years, he was voted recently by Time magazine as one of the 25 most influential men in America. He formed the Tibet House uh, charity with Richard Gere, and he's professor of Buddhist studies at Columbia University. Amazing man. Wow. Loves the code. I mean, there are people, real whistleblowers and heroes, people like Jeffrey Wigand and Lowell Bergman, 
who took on big tobacco um, single-handedly. Handedly. There are people like Teddy Getty, who was married to J.P. Getty, uh, the world's first oil billionaire, who when he died in 76 was the richest man on earth. Teddy today is 101. She's never had a facelift, she's never had Botox, but she looks incredible. And she works with light yeah. and love. And so it really does make a difference in, in, in people's lives and oh, in, in sure. how you approach everything. Um, so what are you doing with the code now? How, how, what do you do with it? Do, you, do people read your book and go through the code? Is your work to disseminate the code? Talk to me about that. Yeah, I'm putting together a series of uh, seminars with guest mentors, and it's edutainment. People don't like <laughs> edutainment. Yeah. Love People it. do not like lectures, but they love stories, and so it's storytelling and sharing, weaving the wisdoms of the code as people share about the different stages they've gone through weaving the wisdoms of the code in, and then getting people to interact. And I feel the most stunning thing that's on offer is a charity has, the Amy Winehouse charity, um, has just been given $4.3 million in lottery funding to uh, take a message, a don't-do-drugs message from school to school. And I was talking to Mitch Winehouse, Amy's father, and I said, you know, if you say to people, don't do drugs, if you are doing drugs, you don't listen. No. And if you aren't doing drugs, you think, well, this doesn't apply to me, so you don't listen. No. But That's if like you, that Nancy Reagan, just say no. Yeah. If you say, hey, have you seen Star Wars? Yeah. Everybody has. And then you can launch into the code, which is the most powerful, healthy way of living learning to embrace pain as a healthy way of living and also understanding that brown stuff will always hit the fan in your life and how cool would it be to have tools rather than drugs to help you out yeah and and drugs and and we we do we started recently to work with um clinics where people are anorexic and they have addictions because so much of that is a physical imbalance. When you have people that aren't well emotionally and mentally, if you can fix them physically, and I do use the word fix because I mean you can bring them back to health, um, it frees the mind up so much to heal. And when people are unhealthy mentally, you can always see that the body is going to reflect it. Um, and, and so you do see so much pain and so much suffering. And people don't have a guidebook. It's true. Mm. I, I can see that. They do now. It's yeah. called the Superhero Code. Or actually, when the book comes out, it's just going to be called The Code. And everyone will have heard of The Secret, which kind of took you 10% of the way, um, looking at the law of attraction. And The Code takes you all the way to becoming powerful, peaceful, loving and wise. Is that because the secret was about the, it was felt like it was more about, like the law of attraction is something outside of you, whereas the code is about something inside of you, so that you yeah. become who you're meant to be as opposed to thinking or feeling in a particular way. Yeah, 
absolutely just that. And yeah, I've never thought of it like that actually, because you do when you have the law of whatever, it does make you think of something outside yourself. Yeah. Whereas when you know it's about your inner journey, and I believe that very strongly in terms of entrepreneurs. I mean, I run my business, and I know in terms of entrepreneurs that you. With Nosh Detox, I've always found, whenever I want to grow my business or change my business, I look into myself first. I always think, where would I change? Where do I need to grow? Where do I need to improve or get better? And then I find that that reflects itself not only in my company, but in fact in my whole life, including my children and everything. Exactly. I mean, look at your own superhero story from... Mm, let's not. From riches <laughs> to rags to abundance and, and imbalance and that when you found your passion, nothing and nobody got in the way. It's true. I don't, I don't actually feel like when people say, well, what will you do next? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm here, aren't I? It's, it, this is what I do. Yeah. I do it with so much enjoyment and fun yeah. and passion. And yeah. we were talking about it yesterday, and it was time to go home. And one of the girls said, well, actually, I don't want to go home. It's more fun here. And I was laughing. Yeah. I was like, because you know this is work. Yeah. So it does create a different feeling about what yeah. you're doing. It's infectious. Yes, and what and a in great, a nice way. What a great thing to become infected with. That we can Joy and passion and yeah. happiness. Yeah. That's another thing. Where, what is it when you go places and you talk to people and people have got so much passion, like it's a bad thing, and you're like, well, you could do with a bit more passion in your life, really. Exactly. It's totally... I think people are afraid of passion. It is. Most people don't know what their mission is. They don't know what their special gift or talent is. Or that they even have one. Yeah, exactly. How sad is that? And, uh, you know, our current educational system has a lot to, you know, be responsible for because it just teaches the same syllabus that it's been teaching for 200 years, actually. And it doesn't allow for people who are highly creative or dancers or painters. Or slightly off the narrow path, basically. Yeah. For people that respond yeah. differently. It's That's fantastic. It's been so interesting, Susie. Thank you. Well, How thank do people you. get hold of you if they want to? Well, they can go to my website, www.superherocode.co.uk. So that's S-U-P-E-R-H-E-R-O-C-O-D-E yes. dot co dot U-K. That's it. You just didn't think I could spell all that, did you? <laughs> okay. So, um, fantastic. Thank you so much. And I'm going to... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and have another look at Star Wars again. I think that's really interesting, the allegorical nature of so much of the stuff. It because I, I used to look at things like asterisks and obliques, and I loved yeah. it. Because when you go back and read it, you're like, oh, my God, this is wasted on children. Exactly. <laughs> and it isn't about we all have to, you know, get our lightsabers and go and blow up the Death Star. You know, a superhero could just be someone that goes to the supermarket and treats the cash Register person with dignity, kindness, season. I think it's about every moment and every moment, every thought. It's it not is. about doing it in some great platform on yeah. stage somewhere. It is about everyday living. Yeah. Because tables don't work without legs. Yeah. You know, and the legs are the vital part of a table, yeah. even though you only see the top. You don't see it, yeah. Well, on that deeply profound note, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> very much for joining me. My name's Geeta Sidhu Rob. This is Living Raw Radio. And you can get me on noshdetox.com, N-O-S-H-D-E-T-O-X.com. 
info at noshdetox.com. You can send me any questions, any ideas, any suggestions, and it was just fantastic having Susie here, and we have some amazing guests coming up in the next few weeks, so tune back in. Take care. Thank you. Nosh Detox is an award-winning company for your ultimate health improvement. Nosh Detox system works on all areas of the body, having dealt with thousands of clients whose health dramatically improved within days. For more details, visit noshdetox.com. Noshdetox.com. bloated? Is your energy levels really low? Do you find everything that you eat goes straight to fat? My name is Candice and I am the naturopathic nutritionist at Nosh Detox. I'm here to tell you that your body needs a rest. If that sounds like you, you are ready to try a Nosh Juice Fast. A juice fast is the most natural way for your body to detox while providing you all the life-saving minerals and vitamins that your body needs and craves. From beginners to advanced juices, we have all the options that may be available to you or suited to you. Call me on 0845-257-6674 or go to noshdetox.com and click on the right program for you. I'm right here to help you and support you. Thank you. Thank you.